Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to Let's Talk Tribe. This is your host, Jason Lucart. Uh, this is episode 12. It's Wednesday night. Uh, the Indians are coming off a disappointing series at home against the Royals. Just lost two or three after winning the first game. And uh, so the mood not quite as bright as it was 48 hours ago. Um, 77 and 68 right now. Two games out of the wild card at the moment. The Rays, who are holding that second spot, are in the 10th inning right now with Boston. So maybe by the the end of the podcast tonight, I can give you updated standings, um, which is, I'm sure, what you came to the podcast for. Anyway, uh, losing the last two to the Royals, and at this point, regardless of what the Rays do, uh, the Tribe have fallen half a game behind the Yankees, which is my nightmare scenario. And uh, tied with Baltimore, two and a half games back. Uh, the Royals are two and a half games. But never mind. Sorry. The Royals are now half a game back of the Indians. Uh, and after seemingly being out of it a week or two ago, we're right back in the thick of things. Anyway, um, still very much in contention for one of the two wildcard spots. The Rangers are stumbling. So in some ways, both wildcard spots are in play. Anyway, I want to get to my guest this week, who is uh, an LGT regular, an LGT contributor, in fact, and sort of the site's uh, unofficial or semi-official or maybe even fully official historian. Um, my guest this week is Dean Klubnik. Dean, welcome to the show. Good evening, Jason. <laughs> now, you're out west, so it's not quite as late there. Um, do you like... Living on the West Coast for baseball in terms of game times and things like that? Well, since I moved to the West Coast when I was a little kid, uh, I moved to L.A. when I was 10. I'm used to the East Coast games starting at 4 or 5 o'clock, so it's not a big deal to me. Yeah, I lived out West for a couple of years, and uh, I never quite got used to it. I liked it. I was a bigger football fan back then, and I liked it for football because football you started closer when I woke up. Um, but I never got oh, used okay. to having the baseball games so early. Football, football's great on the weekends because you start at 10 in the morning and go till midnight. Not a big deal. Yeah, so. exactly. I'm a grown up. Like I'm not, I'm not sleeping in until 1130 right in time for kickoff anymore. So it'd be nice to have football start earlier, but I don't follow football that closely anymore. So that doesn't matter much to me. Um, so you said you moved out West when you were 10. Um, so were you already an Indians fan at that point? Oh, definitely. I, I grew up in Cleveland proper, uh, just uh-huh. near, Lake, near Lakewood. And so when I was 10, I moved to L.A., and I had already had the Indians, Browns, Cavaliers, and Buckeyes uh, in my blood. <laughs> um, so what era was that? What, what era did you come of age as a fan in? Um, in my relatively young youth, uh, it was in the uh, mid-'70s. So the okay. days of uh, – I, I distinctly remember the Frank Robinson era pretty well. Sure. So, Do you have uh, a – oh, yeah, that's exactly player. what I was going to ask. Who, who was your guy back then? My guy? Uh, well, I I played second base in, like, T-ball or whatever the smallest level was. And so right. I was drawn to, drawn to Dwayne Kuyper. Um, <laughs> guy couldn't hit a lick. But he was supposedly hey, a really one, good fielder. He, he one home run. That's that's a lick. I know, I know. But uh, I, I always liked him growing up. Um, 
I was not a big fan of Manning per se. I thought he was all right. Um, I liked Eckersley before he got uh, traded away. Yeah. Yeah, he had some pretty impressive seasons with the team back when he was a starting pitcher. I remember him mostly as a reliever. I'm a little younger than you. Um, but, yeah, yeah, looking back at the back of baseball cards and seeing what he did as a starter. Um, well, bringing things forward to you know, modern times, uh, especially after these last two losses of the Royals, how do you feel about the Indians' chances this year? Well, uh, I've... I've always been more conservative than most of the other LG tiers out there. Uh, I think we have a shot, but I don't think it's a great shot. I, I never even thought it was a great shot three weeks ago or two weeks ago or even a week ago. Um, obviously, those wins last week helped to get us right back in it. Um, but the hitting has been so atrocious since the All-Star break. Um, the pitching just can't afford to give up more than three runs if we have a, if we want a chance to win. And that's right. really not not conducive. Even even the worst teams can score three runs. So. Yeah, yeah. I, you know the the first couple games against the Mets, Friday and Saturday, the the bats got back into gear and sort of letting myself think maybe they were going to get going. But it's been yeah, I mean right back to what it's been for most of the second half. Um, and you're right. I mean, the, the the margin of for error for the pitchers is so low right now. The pitching's been really great for a couple of months now. I mean, I think way better than any reasonable Indians fan would would have guessed. Um, and it's frustrating that it's been semi wasted by so many hitters going so cold at the same time. Um, are there, you know, when you're watching the Indians or following a game or checking a game, uh, are there their players right now? you're any more or less confident than the others in terms of, you know, who you do or don't want at the plate in a big moment? Uh, well, right now, obviously, the guy we want hitting with any scoring chances, Jan Gomes, the guy is just hitting ridiculous lately. Um, right. But I'm still I'm still confident in both uh, Carlos Santana and uh, Kipnis. Um, yeah. I have zero faith in Stubbs or Giambi uh, or even Bourne, for that matter. Um, I'm hoping that the return from paternity leave uh, springs Brantley back into action. I, I have a feeling he was nervous about his first child, so that probably contributed a little bit to it. Right. So, um, That's an interesting point. I think oftentimes, I don't know, I don't want to say the average fan. Um, I don't know what the average fan thinks, but I feel like a lot of fans sort of overlook the fact that all of these guys – our guys and the ones who have family the same way, you know, uh, a teacher, a, a firefighter, anyone else is going to, you know, be distracted at work because of family stuff that, they, that you know, they're not immune from that sort of thing. Um, so someone like Brantley, you know, with the child on the way, that's an interesting observation, uh, you know, that his mind might not have been quite as fully focused on the game as it would normally be. Um, I want to go back. You mentioned Jan Gomes, who's been hitting great, and you mentioned Carlos Santana, who you said you have a lot of confidence in, as do I. Um, at Let's Go Tribe, though, he seems to be a, a sort of divisive figure. There's at least a vocal minority who who seems pretty disappointed in Santana, which, which sort of drives me nuts because I feel like he's maybe the team's best hitter and, and has been for a couple of years. Um how do you feel about it? I mean, you said you're, you're still confident in him. Do you think – so I guess then what I'd rather ask is, 
the people who aren't confident, do you think they're undervaluing the walks? Do you think they're, they were expecting him to be a 300 hitter? What do you think causes people to have such a wide range of opinions about Santana? Uh, well, I think I think it goes back to the uh, walks are not sexy. Um, he will probably never be a 300 hitter. Uh, I don't think his minor league numbers ever really showed that per se, but he's always been able to take a walk. He works pitchers very well as a hitter. Um, he's a uh, he's a switch hitter. I mean, he doesn't really have a weakness on either side of the plate as far as I know. Uh, of course, I don't have the splits open in front of me, um, but. I think it's also because he looks so poor behind the plate most of the time that people right. turn off uh, on that on that side of it, so it, it kind of bleeds over to the offensive side. I mean, the guy leads the league, leads our team in OPS and OPS plus this year, pretty much. Right. So I mean, he's obviously the best hitter, if or if not uh, in the top two or three, um, but. I honestly would rather have Gomes catching full-time. He's a better defender. He's hitting very well. Um, he's proved himself this year. So, I, And I know I posted this a couple of weeks ago, but I, I don't know how many people saw it. I think he would be the best trade candidate in the offseason. I know it's blasphemy to trade your best hitter, but he's basically a guy without a position. Um, so unless yeah, you I, make I, a I remember you game. posting that, and I was one of the people who replied to it. Um because I, 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 I see the point you're making, and there are definitely other people who are on your side of things. What do you – if they were to trade him, what would you envision them going after? Because I guess my concern is it doesn't, to me, make sense to trade him for prospects because you're, you'd sort of be punting next year, and that doesn't make any sense. Um, and it seems like it's usually pretty hard to get, you know, current value for current value in a deal. Um, what would you like to see the Indians target if they were going to shop him? Uh, well, let's see. I think our biggest holes really are a true first baseman um, or a corner outfielder that can actually hit for power. Um, right. I mean, I, I know I know Rayburn's done great in part-time duty, but I think he would really regress to the mean if you played him full-time. So you need a guy that actually can get out there and and hit a little, uh, maybe strike, uh, kind of like the guy, um, I don't want to say Adam Dunn, but somebody who could actually just hit home runs, drive in runs, and not worry about having a lot of strikeouts. Because right now we don't really have a true power hitter on the team. I mean, look at look at right. the number of home runs. We don't we don't have anybody with more than twenty. We need right. a guy that sort of fear into the heart of the order, some guy that will hit fourth all the time, and we don't have that. So do you, that's what I would target. Where, I don't know do you that. I don't Nick think Swisher? that's available, though. Right. Where do you see Nick Swisher spending most of his time over the next, you know, three or four years with the team? Uh, I in terms of, I, I mean, in terms, defensively, I'm, I'm talking about, not in terms of the lineup. You know, at first and right, DHing. Uh, I believe next year he'll be the full-time uh, first baseman, but by the second year, or the third year of his contract, I think he'll become a full-time DH. He just can't throw anymore from the outfield, I don't think. And hopefully we get a true first baseman. So Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you on Jan Gomes, I think, having earned the right to sort of go into next year as the, as the primary catcher. Um, 
I, and I guess to me, you know, and, and who knows what might be out there in a trade, but, but to me, Santana's bat's good enough to, you know, he doesn't have as much power as you'd like from a DH, but I feel like his bat's good enough that if he's, you know, catching a couple games a week, playing first once or twice a week while Swisher, you know, maybe spends one day in the outfield and DHs once, and then Santana DH, I, I feel like his bat's good enough for that. Um, and he's my favorite player in the team. So, in, you know, in some ways I'm biased against trading him. Um, oh, I, I, I fully understand. I, and I'm not, I'm not saying we should. I, I, I was mainly saying, well, it doesn't hurt to ask around and see what other teams right. would be willing to give up. And if you found sure. a deal that you like, go ahead and do it. Because I don't think losing him, if you get if you get a fair, fair return for him, I don't think it really kills your chances next year. Especially if you get a power-hitting corner outfielder or corner infielder back. Well, and again, because, I mean, a lot of his value has been tied up in the fact that he was able to play catcher for two-thirds, you know, of the games. And even as a pretty maybe mediocre, to put it politely, catcher, um, you know, <laughs> just filling that spot had some value. So I guess if they were to try to trade him, it's it's got to be to a team who still views him as a catcher and, and places some value on that. Um which I'd still rather they don't, but I, I do think Jan Gomes should be the primary catcher. And it seems, you know, in September, and I don't know if it's because now they have a third catcher on the roster and they feel more comfortable DHing Santana or what, but it does seem like Gomes is, you know, is moving into that primary role. He's playing a lot more than he was. Exactly. Uh, which is good. Uh, anyone, any other, if, if you're – Terry Francona, or he were fired and you replaced him for the next couple of weeks. Any other lineup changes, guys, you'd like to see more or less of? Um, honestly, I'd like to let uh, let Chisenhall play full-time the rest of the year just to see if he can finally break through. Um, that's Other than that, um, Rayburn should be playing a little bit more often, but I think that's mainly due to an injury. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Uh, I don't know what else you would do, really, because uh, Avila's can't really play full-time over Drew's, even though Drew's is really struggling. Um, yeah. So I, I don't see any other changes that you could honestly do. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's better than not up. knowing. Right, yeah. I think, you know, Rayburn not knowing what he's capable of doing right now. Drew Stubbs is driving me nuts. Um He's been horrible at the plate, and he has he's not playing good defense. Uh, you know, in yesterday's it's game, calling cards. right? And you know that hasn't really been there either. And his bat's been so bad lately. Um, but you know, if 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 Rayburn can't play out there right now, then there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Um, you know, you could try Swisher out there, uh, but I think we're probably stuck with Stubbs and at least that half time role for the rest of the season. You mentioned Chisholm, and it's funny, I was actually just kind of in preparation for tonight looking at some things, and uh, earlier this season when he was in Columbus, I was sort of leading the call to get him back up here, and then he mostly not continued to hit that well, or seemingly so, but I looked, and actually his batting average is bad. Uh, His batting average on balls in play is terrible, which, so at least some of his batting average is probably luck, but He's been hitting the ball pretty well in terms of, you know, his power numbers look good. He's got the, you know, the best isolated power numbers and the best slugging percentage of, of anyone in the team over the last month, um, which was a surprise to me to see. So I think you're right. I think as as 
he's been somewhat disappointing, at least to me in terms of what I was hoping to see from him this year. Uh, but I think I'd also gotten a little too down on him, and he's he's been better than I think most people probably realize. Um, yeah, the way I'm looking at it, his ISO is what one sixty for the year, and it's probably a little higher than that for the last month and a half. So yeah, that's, it, that's pretty good. I, mean, I've, I have the last thirty days from Fangraphs up right now, and his ISO for the last thirty days is two seventy five. And now oh, partially yeah. that's he's only batting two thirty five, but his slugging is still five ten. Um, mm-hmm. And again, his Batting average on balls and plays only two fourteen, which is at least partially yeah. bad luck. Um, and, it, and it looks like he's doing okay with the walks too. I mean, uh, thirty what is that forty five points uh, between yeah, batting average and on base. But that's not gonna, bad at all. He's never going to be Carlos Santana in terms of drawing walks, but um, you know he's not a total mess in terms of his 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 plate control right now. It doesn't seem like. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting how the narrative can sort of take over and, you know, and it colors your perception of a player, though. I, I think Chisholm is someone a lot of Indian fans are, are down on right now. Um, and that sort well, of I think that's partially due to Kipnis breaking out as fast as he did. Right. And I think, you know, you look at Abaldo Jimenez is another guy who a ton of Indian fans are still pretty down on. And it's like, you know, he's he, he's been the team's best player for – for two or three months now, uh, you know, I guess well, you say the end of his, his numbers are that way, yes, but I, I honestly don't think he's been the best pitcher on the staff except for the last three to four weeks. I know his numbers have been great since the also break, but he was still having trouble getting out of the fifth inning or getting to the sixth inning, I should say, that first month or so after the all-star break. And he uses a lot of pitches. He nibble. He was nibbling quite a bit. I haven't seen any of his last three or four starts other than the, the staff going with it. And he has been much better lately. So I, I will grant you that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I hear what you're saying in terms of not going deep into games. But, I mean, in comparison to the rest of the staff, even then he wasn't looking that bad. And, you know, his last four starts, like you said, when even, you know, the, the innings have been back up, his walks have been down. Uh, I don't know. I feel like right now if the if the Indians were to find their way into that wild card game, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he'd be probably at, he, at worst, he'd be my second choice right now for who I'd want in that game. And I, a year ago, you couldn't have convinced me I would feel that way. Um, <laughs> me either. Uh, there, there's no way <laughs> well, after last you, year I would have. Thought he would make the playoff roster, let alone right. start the game. Yeah, I I sort of expected him to be out of the rotation once Trevor Bauer was you know was ready, which certainly that would have happened by you know mid June. Uh, so much for that. But uh, well, if the Indians were get do get to a wild card game, um, is there a pitcher you'd most like to see on the mound for him? Uh, if Masterson's healthy, I'd rather him go just because I trust him to be more consistent. But um, Obaldo would not be a bad choice at this point, the way he is throwing. Right. That's interesting. I I think Masterson, for me, I think you're right. I'm less, if he's healthy, I'm less of afraid of a blow-up game from Masterson. But I also would be less, expectant of a really good game. And not that he hasn't, you know, he, it's not that he hasn't pitched really good games. I guess if Masterson's out there, I'd, I'd expect six or seven innings, three or four runs. And 
if Jimenez was out there, you could convince me of, of any range of possibilities from eight shutout innings right now to getting knocked out in the fourth inning, having given up seven. Uh, yeah. Even with his dominance the last three weeks, uh, that, that's still in the back of pretty much everybody's mind, I believe. Yeah. Well, I certainly – I don't think the consensus would be that Ibaldo should be pitching. But I also feel like the offense has been so crummy. And I, I, I think if the Indians get one of the wild card spots, the offense is going to have to have picked up. But the way the offense is right now, I feel like, well, gosh, they're only going to score two or three runs. So I need a pitcher who who might – give me, you know, seven shutout innings or only give up one run. Um, but that one wild card game is probably getting a bit ahead of ourselves. On the other hand, why not get ahead of ourselves? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so staying on the, the topic of a hypothetical wild card game. So, you know, maybe who you'd like to see pitch it. How about in terms of opponent? Uh, the Rangers are sort of seem solid for one of them, but they're crumbling right now. And I think they're actually only – like a game or two ahead of the Rays. So they're, they might follow. So you got the Rays, the Rangers, ugh, the Yankees, the Orioles, and the Royals. I guess those would be the potential opponents. Um, any preferred or unpreferred opponents? Uh, out of that grouping, well, I'm, I'm thankful it's not the A's because I don't think we have a shot against the A's pitching staff right now no matter who it is that they decide to throw out. Uh, the Rangers, Darvish would probably carve us up. But if we play the Rangers, it's probably going to be in Texas. And I think we could hit better in Texas than at home right now. So I, I would like our chances a little better if it was in Texas. Uh, Yankees, I think the, other, I mean, the other thing, especially with the Rangers stumbling, I think everyone's – I think a lot of fans imagine that every team's best pitcher is on the mound for that wild card game. But if – if they're still fighting to get into that game, depending on how they rotate, it's not like they're going to rest Darvish, you know, on Saturday or Sunday before the playoffs if they don't have it locked up. So it's not a, a sure thing that they'd be facing Darvish. And, you know, after him, their pitching is, I think, less intimidating. True, true. Um, but the Yankees pitching stuff doesn't scare me at all right now. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, other than the Yankees, Nova, Nova, Nova is the only guy that would potentially shut us down. The rest of them, I think, are all very hittable. I do, too, in a vacuum. But you put, you know, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, everyone's like, oh, the Yankees are dead, ha, ha, ha. And I kept saying, like, nope, I refuse to count them out. I, And I think it's a semi-irrational just hate for them that I refuse to believe they're dead until they're dead. But the logical part of me knows they're not as good as Texas. They're not as good as Tampa Bay. Um, I want nothing to do with the Yankees in the playoffs in any way, shape, or form. I'd, I'd rather face any of those other teams than the Yankees because it would make me so sick to my stomach to see the Indians play them and then lose to them. Yeah, well, historically, I think we've actually done pretty well against the Yankees in the playoffs. So I, I honestly don't think that's a big deal. Uh, I think we could beat the Yankees in a one-game playoff. Uh, but for the uh, the other team I would rather play would maybe be the Rays, just because I know that they hit just as bad as we do. So. And they've been stumbling. They certainly won't wouldn't look like a team. Well, who knows what they'll do in the next two weeks. But yeah, they haven't been playing well lately. 
So, and, but I wouldn't want to face the Royals because I don't. I, honestly, there's no way both us and the Royals make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that I be crazy don't. though if the AL Central had both wild card teams? That'd be hilarious, but very far fetched. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, the between the Rangers and Rays, at least one of them is going to make it. They're not going to both totally fall out. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if one of them falls out, but. Um, how about do you, uh, not, I mean, you can certainly talk about the Indians facing it, but more generally, uh, beyond the wild card game, any, any teams you think, uh, look particularly good right now? And if you, if you had to go to Vegas and put money on someone to win the world series, if I was a betting man, as much as I hate the Tigers, it's gotta be them. They've got the best team top to bottom. But that doesn't always work in the postseason, as we well know. No, in fact, I don't, it doesn't even usually work, I don't think, in baseball. Um, which is why, you know, I think for, for any team, for you know, for the Indians, just get into the playoffs because, you know, unlike the NBA, you know, anything sort of really can happen. I, you know, I think the worst team that makes the playoffs probably still has something like an 8 to 10% chance of winning it. Mm-hmm, uh, for sure. No, whereas if you sneak into the NBA playoffs as an eight seed, you've got about a one in a thousand chance of winning it. Um, and I know there was some discussion about whether or not this new format is the playoff. It is the playoffs. Is not the playoffs. Um, right. Is it, a, is it a play-in game? Is it not a play-in game? I honestly could care less what what everybody calls it. The, the historical records will show it as a playoff game. Um, yep, it's game number one of the playoffs. It's not game one sixty three for a tiebreaker to get into the playoffs. So uh, that's the way the records are going to show. That's the way I feel about it. I, I don't care if it's a playing game or not. It's one more chance to to prove yourself. And so then, are you? I mean, the semantics of the side, and I generally feel the same way. I, you know, I don't care. Count it how you want it to count it. Um, you know, it gives you a 50-50 chance of getting to the, the LDS. And, um, but does that mean, are, are you are you happy that MLB added it? Do you think the playoffs are, are better for it? I actually do like it because uh, I thought for years the AL East got to ride uh, their financial means to get two teams into the playoff every year. Uh, this makes that second-place team actually fight to stay in the playoffs. Right, and also gives the teams that don't have as much money in that division more of a chance to get in too. I mean, you look at you know the Rays have gotten in, in the single game, um, and you know I think Baltimore would have been tied for it anyway. So neither of them quite needed that second spot, but it certainly gives them a better chance, and then gives you know the Indians and Royals. Uh, yeah, generally, I think I'm in favor of it, and I like that it makes the division, winning the division a little more. I think one of my big things about baseball is that in probably American sports in general, regular seasons tend to get sort of forgotten, unless it's an individual record that gets broken or something like that. I think it's sort of a shame, you know, you play a six-month season and no one really cares who won a division or who had the best record. Uh, you know, playoffs are a lot of fun, Um but, you know, I, I think a division title, a playoff appearance, you know, a, a fan base should be proud of that and happy about it. 
Oh, for sure. Um, that I, I wouldn't want to see the playoffs expanded any further than than this. Um, but I think with the current number of teams and the way that the divisions are lined up, I it took me a little while to decide, but I've come around to feeling like I, I like this system. Um, yeah. One other thing I want to talk about, uh, since it came up today, after today's game, uh, Michael Bourne, I don't know even exactly what he was asked. I've only seen his quotes and response, but he must have been asked something about attendance. Um and it doesn't seem like, he, you know, Chris Perez kind of ranted about it uh, that last year, two years ago. I can't remember now. Um, Bourne seemed to be a little more tactful about it. But, uh, you know, I think he said we'd like to be supported a little bit more if we could. We're two games out in the hunt for the second wild card. It's been a long time since there's been a team in the wild card team, wild card here. Uh, you know, and he went out a little bit, you know, and he said, you know, we need that support. Um, attendance in Cleveland seems to be kind of a big thing that the plane dealer had a big story and poll about it and why aren't fans showing up. Um, so two part question. One, uh, do you care that fans aren't showing up? And two, do you think there's much more the Indians can do to change it? Well, she's tough question. Uh, do I care? Uh, on a minimal level, yes, I do, because I think it looks poor when you when you show crowd shots and there's like nobody there. Sure. Um, but looking at the attendance numbers over the last week of all the teams, they're all way down. So it's just a matter of uh, ratios, I guess. So yeah, it looks bad, but I think everybody's having a tough time this year. Um. I also and I know there have been reports that TV and radio ratings are, are pretty high for, for Indians games right now, so it's not like the team's being totally ignored. True. It's just it's, it is it is tough nowadays. I mean, uh, the financial straits that most people are in just doesn't give them extra cash to go catch a game. Right. Uh, even, even 10 years ago when I used to go to the Oakland Coliseum to see the Indians play, I could get a ticket for five, ten bucks. And yeah. ride ride Bart for basically five bucks or something like that. I mean, that was it. I mean, but you can't do that nowadays. It's, it costs you at least twenty plus parking plus food and beer or, or whatever it is. It's 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 a, it's a chore to go to a game. It really is. Um, I really enjoy the baseball experience, so I'm willing to pay that kind of money to go see a game. But not everybody can. So right. And if this was seven years ago and this season happened, I think you would have had a lot of walk-up fans. Um, I do believe there's a strong apathy in Cleveland, even though I don't live there. I hear it from family. I hear it from um, the site. Um, Also, but seven years ago, people weren't camped in front of their 60-inch TVs with all the digital toys that they can play with nowadays. Right. It, was still, it was still an event to go to a baseball game. But most of the sports are really morphing into a TV-friendly product, not a live product. And that's unfortunate for what it is, but I think that's the way the sports are all headed, not just baseball. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, I think you're right in terms of, you know, the home entertainment aspect of it. Um, 
you know, and that's why I think it's worth looking at the, the TV ratings and things like that, because, you know, they give you a little different picture of, of how things are going. Um, and, you know, I, who are any of us to begrudge someone else how they spend their money or how they choose to follow the team or if they follow the team or not? And, you know, sure, it'd be great if there were, you know, tens of thousands of rabid fans and, you know, sellouts every night. But I don't know. I can't work up that much anger or frustration about it. Um, yeah, I don't you know, like I think, it, but there's, there's nothing I can do about it. So yeah. There's not, like, not much else to yep. do about it. If I could snap my yeah. fingers and put an extra 20,000 fans in, I didn't sure, but I can't, and I'm not going to lose sleep over it. And, you know, if, if they make the playoffs this year and start off well next year, I do think next year you'd see, you know, a, a legitimate bump. But it will be what it will be. Uh and I hope more, you know, Perez caught a lot of flack for it. I think probably in part because of his tone about it. And as I said, Bourne seems to have been a little more, uh, you know, the question was sprung on him and he gave a probably honest but fairly measured response. And hopefully he doesn't, I don't think he should catch any grief for it. Um, all right. Well, we're running low on time. Um, okay. But thank you for joining me. And, no uh, problem. Hopefully we'll have a lot of good baseball to follow the next couple, more than a couple weeks, the next five or six weeks. Um, and yeah, I hope you'll you'll join me again maybe sometime in the off season and uh, maybe when there's not actual games going on, we can talk a little more Indians history. I know that's a big interest of yours is uh, Indians and baseball in general history and something I'm really into too. That uh, you know, again, I think off season would be, I'd love to have you back on and, and get into some of that stuff. Sure, I, I wouldn't mind doing that at all. Uh, just a quick note on the historical side. Um, I really believe that most of the younger fans of this generation don't really know much about what happened even 30 years ago in, in the sport. Um, so my my goal when I do a lot of the historical stuff is to show what happened to get where we are today. Um, yeah, so, well, you know, I'm I'm a grade school teacher, and, and history is one of my favorite topics to to talk to the kids about because I think if you can if you can do it in an interesting way, I think it it, it really does. You know, what you just said, how we got from from there to here, uh, I think in any subject, including baseball, can be really interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll we will definitely talk again. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for taking time from your nights uh, to join me. Well, thanks for having me, and thanks for staying up late to do it. <laughs> no problem. Anytime. All right, man. Okay, again, that was Dean Klubnik, and uh, this has been Let's Go Tribe. We've got uh, four games in Chicago this weekend, which the last four games in Chicago went really well. Hopefully these will, too. Um, could really use at least three wins. Got Kluber going Thursday night, Salazar going Friday. It's an afternoon game, early start. Uh, and then Jimenez Saturday and McAllister Sunday. McAllister's had three pretty mediocre starts in a row. And uh, he's going up against Chris Sale, who might totally dominate the Indians lineup. So be nice to win the first three and maybe have a little margin for error going into Sunday's game. I will be at Sunday's game. So if you're uh, a Chicago area listener and want to uh, meet up and have a beer before the game or between innings or something, you can uh, 
shoot me an email or drop a comment at Let's Go Tribe. And uh, then three games in Kansas City against the Royals. And the Royals are right in the thick of it the same way we are. So hopefully a week from now, the Indians have gone five and two or six and one. And the Rays and Rangers have continued to flounder. And by the way, I can tell you, uh, the Rays did lose tonight. So the Indians are still only a game and a half out of that second wild card spot and four games behind Texas. So the last two games have sort of sucked, but they're really still in the thick of things, and there's no reason to stop paying attention now. Anyway, this is Jason Lucart, and I'll talk to you next week.